challenges remaining our annual middle sunday episode i'm ben rothenberg joined by my dear friend courtney Nguyen. hi courtney how are you hello ben annual and last middle sunday that's right podcast that is right yes the middle is at the end this is this is at its at its end it is the last middle sunday let's talk about before we talk about the turn tennis at all let's talk, there will be some musings about middle sunday that happen uh, musings yeah Musings. <laughs> I just always think of Tracy. No, Tracy Jordan. It's like yeah. my, like musings. my blog musings. <laughs> exactly. I was like that. I thought that was what it was. Okay. Yeah. So Middle Sunday, as a thing, I I'll tell you. I think I know what your take is. I think it's gonna be longer than mine. But my basic. No, it's, take it'll is, be short. But you know what it is. Yeah. But I, I, maybe the listeners don't. So the suspense for them. Um, I <laughs> feel like I have no problem with a Grand Slam tournament or a major sporting event, whatever it is, having a rest day. I think that's kind of interesting and quaint and kind of nice and humane for everybody working on it and playing it and everything. However, I think it is ridiculous for that rest day to come on a weekend when so few people have chances to watch tennis, you know, during the work that people are still working in the world, even in the month of July or June or whatever it is. And to put your day when you're not offering anything on a day when people can actually have time to watch, I find offensive to the sensibilities of everybody. So let's go out here from the notion sensors at the press room at night. The nights that you know, Wimbledon didn't like what they were hearing, and they shut, they shut me down. <laughs> they, lit- they literally turned the lights off on you, uh, yeah, on your middle did. Sunday take. Well, they can't turn the lights off on me because I'm in California. So I'll say it. I have That's always thought. That's where talk just begging for an earthquake. But yes. <laughs> exactly. <ahead. laughs> I know. I know. It's so true. We had a little bit of a one uh, this past week, but it was fine. Um, uh, no, my middle Sunday take is is similar, which is, I mean, stated a little bit more str- strongly. I-, I find middle Sunday classist. Mm-hmm. I just think that you know, most working people have two days off that those two days are Saturday and Sunday. And to just, yeah, just take one of those days away for, for, you know, people who otherwise have to work Monday through Friday uh, and, and just like chill out and like give everybody the day off, like take off middle Monday, like play through Sunday and just, I mean, that's fine. I have no problem with the slam taking place and giving a rest day. That's great. I just, yeah, I, same as you. I just don't like that it's on a Sunday. I think that it's it's not ideal for the marketing of the sport. I think that you're taking away, like, why are you playing a full slate of round of 16 matches on a Monday? The whole, I don't get that. The whole, the whole <laughs> you, can, you can see me on the video waving my hands wildly here. The whole <laughs> tennis obsession with Mondays. What is that? Like Monday mornings even. Like, oh, when does the Grand Slam start? Oh, it starts usually on Monday morning. Talk about an unsexy time to get something started for a, a cool <laughs> sporting event. Honestly, like, I I thought, and this is a different conversation. We'll get to Wimbledon eventually. But, like, U.S. Open should totally start with, like, a marquee match on, like, the Friday or Saturday night. And then have a full day on the Sunday. And then, like, ramp up. Have, have the opening be a thing instead of being this thing that happened at, you know, 11 a.m. on a Monday. That's yeah. That's right for a Monday. I used to make fun of it and really dislike it because it felt like you were having, I think Andy Murray said this before, having to work more days for less money. But mm-hmm. um, Roland Garros starting on a Sunday and spreading their first rounds across three days, um, I've 
this is this this year is the year that I finally came around on it. I thought that it was first of all from a coverage perspective so much more humane to have the first round, which is when you have the most matches, and yeah. uh, spread across three days. That was great, um, and yeah, it was nice to have the tournament start on a Sunday. It was nice to be able to say day one of the French Open begins and be actually genuinely be able to tell your friends and people tune in yeah. as opposed to, you know, uh, uh, most, not just majors, but slams, I mean, um, tournaments, yeah. which is here's day one. Let's get excited. By the way, it begins at 11 a.m. on your Monday when you're digging yourself out of a pile of, of emails. It, it just, I don't know. It, it bothers me a little bit. Not so, about it. Yeah. And like the Wimbledon thing, I mean, the Wimbledon used to have, I believe, Saturday finals for the men and Friday finals for the women back in the day because there were like religious reasons for not playing on Sunday. Right. But then once once you move the men's final to the second Sunday, that jig is up. That was the original <laughs> reason for it. Yeah. The jig is up. You know, you, you, you've made your bed. You, you're, you're, you're going to hell either way, Wimbledon. So don't try to keep one foot out of the grave because your fate is sealed if that's what you think is happening at the end. So. You know, uh, I, 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 I mean, I love it. I'm looking forward to a day off. As a person who's at the event and tired currently, you know, like I'm looking forward to having the Sunday off. Recording this late, uh, late Saturday night uh, here. It's going to be Sunday technically by the time we finish this episode, almost certainly. Uh, Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I, from, as a fan perspective, I just think that, yeah, it's, it's the right thing to do. And the whole other idea about like, oh, the grass needs to stay to rest. I mean, balloons, balloons. What do they know about grass anyway? Anyway, so did it tell you that? I don't know. It just—it seems—it seems—is there a grass union, a grass a grass association? I don't know. I mean, like, how did how did they get more more working rights than most? Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it, it's fine. Like, I enjoy it when it exists, but I also just philosophically, I I, I don't love it from a from a marketing perspective. We do love. What we have to mention for the one time. Let us see Beyonce. That was key. Even though That's even though that year they had play that year they had play on that day. But, Almost uh, didn't. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so we are here at Wimbledon 2021. It's been one week of the tournament. We're down to the last 16 in both the men's and women's draws, setting up for Manic Monday. Also be the last Manic Monday, we presume, because I assume the fourth round will be spread over these two days in the future. What has been your sort of big picture, you can take this wherever you want, your big picture impressions of Wimbledon's first week? That's a really good question. Thank um, you so much. <laughs> it's almost like you're a reporter. I... No, that's a really good question. I feel like I've just been a little bit too in the weeds a little bit and just really focusing on individual results and individual matchups. And I also kind of to to really be able to step back and and see what exactly has been unfolding, because um, I think I saw one of your tweets, I think it was, and I agree with it 100 percent, which is that as I don't know if surprising is the right word, but as I guess dramatic as the first week of, of Wimbledon 2021 has been, you're looking at the slate for Monday and you're like, that's just a great slate of round Absolutely. of 16 matches for both the men and the women. And I can't wait for that day to come. So there were times where it felt like, like I think I had, I think my Wimbledon preview that I wrote had like 10 burning questions for, for Wimbledon mm-hmm. after the draw came out. And like, for example, one of those questions was, will Andrescu and Azarenka hold down their small section of the draw? And that small section, you know, three matches later, is Raducanu and Tomjanovic. Who are the two lowest-ranked players left. 
two lowest ranked players. So answer is no. And Bianca went out very, very quickly to Alizé Cornet first round. And and Azarenka had a very dramatic three-setter that she lost to Kirstea. But as big as those results might have felt kind of in the moment, you fast forward a few days and maybe not, you know, because Barty's still there, Krejcikova's still there. So, yeah, I guess my overall take is that as, as, as much as so much happened in the first week, but we're still set up for really, really balanced second week, I think, on both yeah. the men's and the women's side. Especially compared to the French Open and the women's side. So just start women here for this kind of conversation. Last French Open, we lost the top two seeds, you know, by the second round. But both, both their issues with Osaka pulling out and Roberti also pulling out mid-match with their injuries. And here we have both number one and two in the second in the in the second week. That's not nothing in a women's slam. Not well, to be there. fair, it's yeah. the number two seed because the two right, and the three pulled, pulled out. out. And, and no, so, but that but, makes, to me, that makes it even more impressive because also it's Sabalenka, and you never know what kind of ride you're going to get in the first week of the slam with Sabalenka, and she's hung on. And, you know, and then Barty plays the most recent slam champ next in Krejcikova, so that's like stability, one number one versus the most recent slam champ, that's cool. You know, you have uh, Pliskova, who's obviously a former number one who's hanging in there against uh, Samsonova, who's the sort of grass darling, that's another great uh, fourth round match set up. Raducanu, obviously local wild card favorite for that sort of, you know, out of nowhere flavor. You have, you know, former champ Kerber, who's in a match against Goff in the next round, which is really attractive for a lot of different reasons. Like, the narratives are solid, and there's, there's like, only, like, a couple people. I mean, obviously, Raducanu, like, almost no one knows anything about her on a tour level before this month. And so, like, she's, I think, legitimately very unexpected, right? Because there's no reason to actually roll that out. And, Bare- and barely got a wild card. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, she's and, ranked outside the top 300, even for Britain. Yeah. That, and the LTA, that's a rare wild card to be out of the 300 yeah. and get and get a wild card. But Agreed. yeah. And then and then and then, yeah, I guess I guess Tomjanovic is sort of a, a an unexpected one in here, too. But obviously she had her her third round win, which gives her a bit of narrative or a little. Everyone saw how she got there and what happened right after that. Like I said, shake. it's been a dramatic first week, <laughs> you know, and like, yeah, but like obviously the things drama, have happened. <laughs> the drama, as it were came in the form of like Serena losing right first round obviously sure. you know getting her not even lo- losing lo- but getting losing, hurt. I think, getting hurt and retiring yeah. three all in the first day obviously you know, harsh to call that a loss you know technically yeah. she didn't win um so that's like that's obviously like a big boom oh wow Serena goes out early and like even like Sitsipas French Open finalist goes out early in the men's side on the first day to Tiafo and that's where like ooh instability like you know that opens up part of the draw more too but it hasn't been you know it hasn't felt yet like chaos and there was a point obviously in the women's french open jaw where there was like it when when everything was like oh it's just fiontech 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 and then she went out and then you're like what's left here exactly <laughs> or it would take a lot for that to happen the, on the women's side because like even the people who were sort of the lesser knowns several of them first of all made names for themselves with the french open <laughs> like they're Pichikova, not lesser knowns no more Bedosa. won her slam Bedosa and rabakina both made quarters there um you know so we know these people are building up resumes. Samsonova got Samsonova got her her resume in Berlin, and so she's on a very much hot streak. She looked, that match against Sloan was great, was super high quality stuff. Like she's very much legit. Uh, Pliskova's been playing really well. Nasty Madison Keys, who we, is sort of overdue for a great Wimbledon, uh, being in this good spot. You know, Golubich, just her name, everybody at this point, but Golubich, like uh, as great you know, season a game she's that having. Works for gra- yeah, yeah, quietly but definitely like not crazy. Some of her score lines were shocking that she beat like Collins like zero and two or two and zero. That was surprising to me, but um, yeah. And then Ons, who's in here, had an amazing third round match against uh, so Marisa. good, so fun. That match was so, so, so good. That was my favorite match of the first week. 
that match for sure. Just wow. The, the, the flair and the fun. Like, I know if you're, like, if you want a certain kind of tennis, you know, or, like, want a certain kind of satisfaction from a battle, like, you get your Kerber and your Cerebus Tormo, and, like, that can set you up for a certain way. But, like, the sort of flair and the fun of that Oz was having on center court, like, stepping up to that stage and living in that moment, like, I was I was very here for it. I thought It, it was, was a very cool. Eminem moment. It was a very, you know, mom spaghetti, like, lose yourself, like, you know, center court, former champion who's having a great season, <laughs> royalty Literally, in the mom box. spaghetti somewhere behind the baseline. <laughs> Literally, mom spaghetti was somewhere behind the baseline, um, and to put together that performance from Ants, like you know, and and that's the thing is I have you know I will say like even like Radu Kanu, I think what she did today against Kristea, she was so cool, she was so cool and so good and so chilled out. She hasn't lost a set. I mean, she and Kristea pressured her back in that second set, and she stood up to it and seemed like she owned the moment without being. There's something I really like about her that with her energy so far, as far as I've seen, is just. Um, there is a she's not precocious mm. like there isn't this sense of like i'm too cool for school like she didn't walk out on number one court like with her headphones on yeah. and pretending like she was walking into training at the lta national center like you know like she waved to the crowd like she literally had a beaming smile with her earphones in and like waved to everybody as though she was walking off the court like yeah. it was you know it was very endearing and she was hitting shots that even she said after the match it's like i couldn't believe they were the going shot in. making was nuts especially yeah. like early in the second set there was like some yeah. string of shot making if you have a chance to watch it on your middle sunday rest day of like what a cute match we're watch pulling the, up yeah the yeah, second, second set, set. The second the second set of especially the early second set of radu kanu uh, beating Kirstea is something to behold. And just like, yeah, like seeing her in these running shots and after she was like, that was weird because I don't usually run. And my coaches are like, you never run. And what are you doing running out here? Um, I was like, but- I'm feeling you, girl. But like, you know, but like these players stepping up and, you know, stepping up to the moment, like the kerber Cerebus tormo match, like both women stepping up and like the crowd on number one court who I don't think really knew what they were they were getting into. They had number one court tickets, and so they sat down and watched the match that was before them kind of sort of thing. But they were, and the commentators, everybody was just falling in love with that match mm-hmm. as it was unfolding, uh, Kerber and Cerebus Tormo. So yeah. there have been these, like, really lovely, like, moments of just athletic, um, just the stuff that I love. Like, just under pressure, like, do you show up? You know, that sort of thing. There's also been scrappy performances, you know, but there's always... So, yeah, getting to your point about how, like, comparing to Roland Garros, where there came a point where it was just Friantec, 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 mm-hmm. um, which, you know, on the men's side, there's still a little bit of that with, like, obviously Novak, and, yeah. like, there is still, like, the prohibitive favorite. But on the women's side, despite everything that's happening, and despite the names that are still in the draw, like... There's arguments for and against every single one of them that it still remains a really, really even round of 16. Yeah. Like, Shvientek's been killing everybody, but you're still kind of like, it's grass. Like, do you really get it? Like, you know, like, Ash has not looked great, and no. but she's scrapping through and has a draw where she could get into a semifinal, like, fairly straightforward if, if, if she can yeah. handle her business, you know? So... You know, there and you know, Angie. Like, do you run out of gas at some point? Coco, do you blink? There's a lot of kind of questions around everybody. But at the same time, like, I feel like every single person that is in the round of sixteen has absolutely like stepped up to the plate and earned their spot there. It's been cool. It's been good. I, you know, I know we obviously, and obviously, there was lots of debate about grass this week with the injuries that happened back to back on center court with the Manorino and, and, and Serena on day two and just the general slickness of things and lots of people falling down even more than usual. I did a story on the slick grass and the editor was, was 
great, like, put, like, almost, like, I think every photo she could find of someone finally falling down on the grass. So if you read this, like, article, there's, like, is he scrolling? And the bodies, like, pile up as you scroll. It's like, there's Malfeas, there's whoever, there's, you know, I don't know, on the ground. Um, anyway. So is it a mountain out of a molehill? Outside of, The falling well, down stuff. Okay, I think, I think there's, it, there's a discussion I think to be it, had. I think it was, I think it was legitimately bad on center court on that day, on that Tuesday. With the roof and the humidity and With the, the roof and humidity and, and the, the rain. And, and, yeah. and, that, and that the grass is at its most lush and unworn on those opening days to then close the roof on that grass. Okay. That's the untouched grass. And then have it be, I guess, humid, yeah, and just have it not really get properly whatever broken in well. Sure. And, yeah. I, do, and I also think it's a problem that, uh, you know, Manorino gets hurt and they kind of send Serena right out there. Like, I don't love that. You know, you know, in terms of like they didn't like recheck the court, make sure it's okay or whatever. And then they wound up once after Serena got hurt, they conspicuously did not move another match to center like they normally do. They didn't want to roll their dice and have a third possible mm. match go to uh, go to injury there, which I thought was notable. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, there was a part of me that was like I understood the optics of it looking Serena, bad, so but I also Serena no, 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 no this wasn't related yeah. to Serena. Weirdly for me, the Serena slip was the for me personally was the lesser story. Because if you look at it, right yes, now. she slips, yeah. but it, it wasn't one of those, you know, the slips that we're used to seeing on grass where somebody falls and you think maybe they've just, like, broken their leg off. Like Isner. Did you see Isner? Yeah, Isner's was Isner bad. Was terrible. Nick. Isner and Nick. I mean, I've seen a bunch. Like, you know, so yeah. Serena's was a slip, you know, but she didn't yeah. roll anything. She might have tweaked something because maybe her leg was already wrapped up, yeah. you know, but we yeah. don't know the details of it, so I'm not going to speculate. Um, but hers was not my concern as okay. much as like, you know, with, with Manorino and things like that. But at the same time, there was also part of me that was like, I, and I have a terrible long-term memory of like, hasn't this always been happening? I mean, it's grass. I mean, literally, this is what happens when you play on grass. Literally, this is what happens. This is why people, you know, uh, talk about footwork and talk about how it's 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 hard to, to adjust to it. It's why Novak that one year had to file the pimples off of the outside of his Adidas shoes. You know, like everybody's trying to look for an edge because of the way the Novak moves on grass. Like you're not supposed to be able to move like that on grass and it tears up the courts and like whatever. But he's able to make it work like. So there was a part of me that was like, I understood the optics and it looked really bad, but I couldn't, I, I genuinely, I'm just asking. I just didn't know whether or not it was because we haven't been doing this for two years on grass. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I, or if the courts were genuinely different or, you know. Like I said, I think there were, I think there were atmospheric conditions and weather conditions and, and things that played out in those two days on center specifically with the roof being closed and one a little bit because Nick fell badly on one that, you know, made it more more dangerous than usual, right? But I also, I'm also struck by, like, I remember you seem to be sort of won over by the grass because you were not feeling the grass during our preview show, and now you're, like, sort of defending it as a as an acquired skill. Oh, I think it's an acquired skill. It's just or my like terminology. sort of thing, yeah. I don't know. My terminology that I've used with you and our <laughs> friends as to how I mm -hmm. feel about the grass surface um, has more to do with just the fact that I just... Yeah, it's just like whether or not it should be taken as seriously as it is uh, as a surface. But mm -hmm. to the extent that obviously it is a surface and people are playing on it, that's fine. But when people start falling on it and then everybody starts like um, throwing up their hands and saying, what's going on? Wimbledon did something wrong. I'm and far be it from me to defend the club. But like um, I'm a little bit kind of like, hold on, like. What, Isn't this always, this is literally what the surface is. What struck me, I think, too, though, is that it wasn't, like, I remember early in his career, whenever he had his first breakout, 
which it was, I guess, 2011. Like, I think it was Milos Raonic who had, like, a bad slip and fall injury, a hip injury here early in his career, like, probably his first time at Wimbledon. What struck me about the first couple days is that it was, like, veteran grass players who were having problems. It was Serena, Murray, Djokovic, Manorino is even a really solid grass court player. Okay, um, I see that argument. Novak falls all the time, though. Not like Novak's this. always was, on the ground. I was at that match with Draper. Okay, fair he enough. Was, he, he was taking some wild wipeouts in this match. Like, he returns the serve and landing on the ground. Like, wasn't even, he wasn't even running on it. I was like, <laughs> it was like he, but he was fine the whole time. It was kind of comical. But then Serena got was very okay. No, that that's anyway. that's an argument that I will buy. Yeah. That it was like not you know, it wasn't Sviantec and Andrescu falling down no. like people or Coco no. or some people who don't have a ton of grass. Coco did fall a bunch herself, but yes, you're right. It was it generally and Coco is. No, somebody, I'm just saying and, it's it, yeah. that argument I buy. Okay. The other arguments I just wasn't buying. I wasn't saying everybody's wrong. It's just like I was hearing it. and I was like, I don't know sure. if they buy that, but that I buy that that makes you that's more of a red flag than not. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I was confused for a while as to why I, I just couldn't tell if it was like people just wanting to create drama to create drama um, or if it was an actual genuine issue. And I still don't know. I just was asking is all. Yeah. So looking at the men's draw, if we talk about the women's a little bit, the men's draw, similarly, like there is a, there's only lost one, sorry, only lost one top eight seed. It was Tsitsipas in the first day. And that spot got filled in the draw by Hachinoff. Uh, which is not which is a f- fully reasonable, you know, fourth rounder. We talked about him. Or, I mean, he probably kicked him in the butt a little bit ourselves. I mean, like, whatever happened to him? He's a, he's he's been had enough. Yeah, getting, he heard us. Back. He heard us. Uh, and then uh, Corda in that section as well. And Corda's been really, I think, just a very. I did flag Corda in our pre in our draw yeah. show. Okay, my big my big flag was flagging Ilya was Fuchsovic. No, oh, you Ivanka. did Fuchsovic. I did yeah, double flag. You're right. you, Fuchsovic. Yeah, you did Fuchsovic, and I, I occasionally I know things about stuff. Occasionally. Like, occasionally yeah, but like, <laughs> stuff sticks to the wall. Occasionally. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, that section that had um, Casper Rude and. Um, Don't know him. Yeah, so let's do that before we hang out. I want to play the Casper Rude game because I have the lineup. <laughs> I have, we didn't, do, I promised to do it last show. We didn't have time, but I made a lineup of, of photos oh of people, and one of them is Casper Rude, and the other nine okay. are not. And you're going to work can your try. way through who it is. We can try. I it'll don't be, know. It'll, it'll be Patreon content, I think. It'll be good okay, Patreon okay. content. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, can Courtney find cats for root? <laughs> Catch the ghost. Um, <laughs> bust, Ghostbusters. We'll, we'll come up with a cute name for it. Anyway. Um, yeah. Like, look at the draw. Like, it's set up very chalky in this way that's not unattractive. And there have been some... Djokovic has had some tough fish matches, you know? Like, uh, weirdly, his easiest one was Anderson in the second round. Like, Anderson was pretty routine. 3-3-3. Three, three, and three. But Jack Draper got off to a very good start against him. Uh, took the first set while Djokovic was still finding his footing and stuff. People got really mad on Twitter that I made a, a joke poll where I suggested Djokovic having a bad start because of the applause for the vaccines. People got so mad at that. And ben, they won the, you should know better. It also won the poll. So, <laughs> I mean, is a poll option really wrong if it wins? I think I think democracy speaks loudly there. Um, and then Kudla, who I definitely flagged in the draw show, as per in Wimbledon, uh, played really well and probably could have won a third set against Djokovic uh, in a tight three-set loss. Um, so he's there. You know, Diego had a nice enough run to the third round for losing to Fuchovic. Uh, Christian Garin made it through. Uh, not a grass guy, but, you know, sometimes that wins out fine. Uh, yeah, there's, it's, it's almost like not that much to latch onto in some ways because there hasn't been, like, it's kind of still settled. I mean, like, they're, like, you know, there's some occasional good results that I wrote, or interesting results I read about, like, Bublik beating Grigor fairly handily. I thought it was an interesting Wimbledon result. 
Um, and then he goes out to, to Hubie today in the banana match. And, you know, Federer survives Nori. Uh, that was, I think people, a lot of people find that as a losable match for Federer. If he was, because Federer, we should, we glossed over, Federer was losing to Manorino when that stuff went down. Manorino was up two sets to one. And that's part of maybe even why that was maybe arguably the more like, you know, not that Serena was probably going to lose Sasanovich, who knows, but um, that was a very much affected the tournament that, that fall. Um, yeah, Andy had a good run and then lost kind of when he was supposed to, granted pretty severely. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just all been kind of like, I, it sounds silly to be like, not much to say, Middle Sunday, but like, I think it's all kind of just chugging along. Yeah. More or less. It's just been, now Now it can more be, now it's narrowed enough to where you can sort of fo- start to think about Endgame and like who's actually and... shaping up. And I think that's, yeah, it's kind of, except, yeah, like I said, except for the kerfuffle over the falling and Serena going out the way she did. Like, I think it's kind of smooth sailing in a lot of well, ways. And, and I think that it that's um, what's nice about the way that it's kind of ended up or at least teed up for the second week is like you said and we were saying before like it, it's set up to be good either way like how the results break it, it's this second half you don't look the second week you don't look at these round of 16s and think oh the draws could break they still are breakable to where you're gonna go huh like you know by semi-final stage i don't think that we're really we're there. It's pr- there's a lot of balance for both the men and the women. Yeah. But what's nice is that though saying all that, that sometimes you can have weeks at slams. And I've, I've, I think I've said this before, like back in the day, especially on the, well, obviously on the men's side where every, when the big three and, and Andy and you still had stand were dominating. And back when you had the verdicts and the, the, the songas, you know, the, 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 Ferreres, the, yeah. the Ferreres, you know, the gatekeepers that the first week was boring on the men's side because there just wasn't any matches like, and it would all tee up to be a really good second week because it was pretty much chalk. Those players would make it through. So that's great. But the first week would be boring. Like, it was just, like, boring three-set matches. It was when we used to make fun of, like, is it really fun to go see Roger Federer win in 90 minutes? Like, is that worth the cost of a center court ticket? But I think that in this this edition of, of the championships, that there have been really lovely moments. There have been awesome Wimbledon moments in the first in the first week on both sides. So, you know, obviously Nick doing his thing yes. and, and being... Um, be in a good headspace, being super positive, playing as best he can and giving amazing press conferences. It's been so fun to like read those transcripts and just be so heartened that it seems like he's just like comfortable with himself now, which is great. Also, obviously, Andy Murray doing his thing and and getting that, you know, for two matches, rolling back the clock. Carlos Suarez Navarro and Ash Barty opening up center court on on Tuesday was a lovely moment. you know, so there have been these really, you know, owns doing her thing and getting her kind of center court moment. There have been these really, really lovely moments that transcended the tournament that made it so that the first week wasn't just like, oh, the people who are supposed to win are winning. Who cares? You know, yeah, so exactly. in that way, Wimbledon's really, you know, and everybody knows how, how I was talking about how I just was not into this tournament at all, like on the eve of the event. And that had more to do with my fatigue than it had to do with the event. It's just like, I just, I was like, oh, but I also knew in the back of my head that like the minute that the tennis actually started, the minute that tennis balls were being hit, this sport is a great sport because it has an ability to be, to fix itself just with the sport itself. Like all the yeah. other nonsense is nonsense, but like once they start actually playing, you love it. You love the matches. You love to see it. 
And I love, and, I, and I, you know, I said this, I think, in the conversation, too. I love the kind of tennis it produces. I love that it rewards people who are proactive in different ways. I love that it rewards mm, yep. Samsonova for being herself and being big swinging and going for stuff and taking risk and converting. And I love that it rewards the same very different risk from, like, an on Shabur. Like, if you hit, you know, a crazy drop shot, like, and it lands, it's going to be a winner. Like, you're going to get rewarded for things as you can go for things. And you well, Cerebus Tormo like, said the same thing. Yeah. She was like, I, I was like, do you like grass? Like, what's your deal? And she said, I like it because you have to be aggressive because if you're not aggressive, you're gone. Yeah. So she's like, it forces me. And she's somebody who, like, as much as people think is like a traditional clay court player, like she loves the net. She has great hands, great feels. So she actually liked the idea of like, OK, I got to get myself to the net as much as possible. Now, that being said, the average rally length in their match was like over eight minutes or eight <laughs> shots well probably minutes too eight honestly minutes. if we clock it if you clock it uh longest match at what's women's singles match in a decade um at wimbledon oh, so wow. yeah but um but uh but yeah no you i credit where credit is due you're absolutely right about that that this surface absolutely rewards and especially for the women's the women's draw it it creates some really magical tennis because it forces the women to not grind, but to hit and to not hit, but be aggressively minded and go for them, go for their shots. A couple other matches that I just want to flag as being the ones that I enjoyed Venus winning her first round against Buzernescu. Um, obviously, every Venus win, you never, you don't know how many more you're getting this because she hasn't been winning a lot lately. And seeing her battle through Buzernescu, who's playing very credible, very solid tennis in that match, um, I thought was really cool. Uh, to see her get that win and, and obviously what she did with Nick and Mix is cool and I love that they're still in the order of play I hope that Nick with his broken hip decides he's going to risk it all for Venus because that's such a Nick move to do. Ab, it's his ab Ab, right, you're right, ab, 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 yeah, yeah, right um, Yeah, so that was great and then the other one that was like a surprise that I was really, I was really impressed by was um, Katie Bolter against yeah, Sabalenka. That was legit. That match was like, I did not have high hopes for that match, obviously. But then, like, Bolter really hung in there and played, like, really creative. She was just, like, in a zone. Like, it was obviously, like, she was almost, it was almost, like, Jabur-ish, but, like, she's not as good a player as Jabur. But it was, like, but she was, like, living to her potential and, like, really feeling herself against a player who then had to hang with her and match it in Sabalenka. And all the things would be swirling around Sabalenka's head about underperforming at a slam and not having a crowd on her side and da 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 Like, for her, I thought they both were, like, and they both came out of that match really well. Um, yeah. And so I really, I, I had tip to that match as well as being a sort of sleeper. I was on center court, so it's not like a hidden gem, but like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a match that you will gloss past in the draw and, and not, you have no hopes for it because it's like 200 something versus number two, but yep. props to that. Any, any sort of hope as we sort of wrap up here, any sort of hopes on uh, things you're hoping to see in the second week or um, uh, what, 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 what would make this tournament satisfying for you a week from now? Uh, that I can say on air, because um, <laughs> as I look at the men's draw, yeah, it's a, again, I, I haven't really thought about it. What would be satisfying? I think that just we can talk more men's draw too. You, you, if you men's draw thoughts, we haven't talked as deep. As no, I don't. No, no, no. I, I not Besides that I want to put on air. Matt being lovely with his check in on Isla. Love Matt. Oh I think that we all know how we feel about Matt on this podcast. He's a good boy. He checked on Isla's score and and said vamos when somebody told him that that she had she had made it through, which is great. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I just this sounds so naive and stupid and basic, but I just want everybody to play well. 
I just want there to be good tennis and it just to be about the tennis and just head to head, see what's up. And and again, like, I think that there are some, I mean, from the get go, I think on the round of 16 for the women, I think that these matches, almost every single one of them, I'm super, super, actually every single one of them, I'm super, super intrigued how it turns out. I don't know how it will. You know, power for power, Pliskova and Samsonova going at it. Shviantek Jabor, that should be fun as heck. You know, Rybakina and Sabalenka, bring a helmet. Um, Barty and Krachikova, who are both playing well enough to get to where they are, but both clearly, I think, in their own heads know that they're not playing as well as they can. But their game's matching up, which is really interesting. Barty owning a 5-2 head-to-head in doubles over Kredge. Super oh, that's weird fun. stat. That's fun. I love that. <laughs> They've never played in singles. So I'm looking at the women's draw again here. Like, and a basic, basic question. I'm not even trying to know the answer to. Like, who is most likely to win their, four, their fourth round match? Like, I, I don't have an easy answer for that. There's none that see, there's none of these eight matches that seems to me, like, obviously lopsided or clear favorite. Like, yeah, I don't know. Literally You're right. Zero. No, I'm looking. I'm like, that's no, pretty cool. That's pretty darn cool that, like, everything is. But it's is cool to least... have that. It's cool to have that 50-50 razor's edge across eight matches, but at the same time, it's not, like, a bust reason. Like, it's not no. like you're looking at it and be like, I don't know, because, like, who even are these people? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because sometimes and that, that can sometimes happen. that was sometimes a French Open feeling. A yeah. little bit. A little bit. I can understand that. But here, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't... I, I just have arguments, um, pro and con, for each one. Yeah. It's definitely one of those, like, if we were still at Wimbledon uh, on site and like we're sitting around in front of the hotel with like beers uh, could sit there with my friends and just debate the women's round of 16 on middle Sunday. Like that would be really fun. The men, it's a little bit different. I think the men probably need to go one more round Yeah. until it gets um, to that point. Not that point where it's 50, 50, because I don't know that so long as Novak's in the draw that I think any match of his is 50, 50, but uh, you know, at least once you get to there, like if it's Roger Medvedev, super interesting, right? Like Berrettini, whoever gets out of that match could be interesting. Um, Shapo, Karen or Korda, interesting. Shapo, like Rublev. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rublev, Novak, interesting. Like, at least those yeah. are like interesting matches, you know. So the men are are one round behind in terms of the intrigue, fair. but it's I'm um, I'm super into it though. I'm I'm in, I'm curious to see how it turns out. We are into it. We are into you all for listening and supporting the show. Let me go run one second, get my little notebook of backers on a second. Okay, okay. And I'm also going to run past the motion detector so it turns the lights back on. (laughs) That's what you think. All right, yes. We want to thank everybody who supports NCR on Patreon, including our Slam Champ backers who thank every episode. And they are James Hindle, Susanna W., Anna Valinder, Mary Carrillo, Leah Williams, Sean Mulroy, Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Antonio Maycumber, Ashley Keel, Timothy Liu, Sean Simeon, and our special silent backer. And our GOAT backers, Nicole Copeland, Pam Shriver, and J-O-D. Yeah. Courtney, I'm looking forward to recording this rude thing with you. Once we stop this <laughs> session, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm intrigued I, 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 as to who you found for the remaining, the rest of the photo array. Because so, when when cops do photo arrays, like, they can get thrown out if they are rig- if they are perceived to be rigged in any way to, you know confuse or direct like the the witness to to identify certain people so i'm just letting you know that okay i was following no rules <laughs> i have patterns and i will discuss my methods as but you know in the reveal <laughs> part of the show so if you want to want to listen to courtney guess who casper root is uh head over to patreon that'll be there soon um and in the meantime we'll see you guys next week at some point as the grass continues to grow bye bye Edward, where are you? oh my god it's
ain't no guns.